Hey everybody, it's your girl Kes and your girl Cam and this is The Meetup where we get together and discuss all things relationships. From romantic to familial and even work, we're serving you our truths, our experiences, and sometimes our setbacks. We are not experts, but we're all here to learn together. Hence, the meetup. Hopefully, at the end of every episode, you'll leave with either a new perspective, a deeper understanding of yourself, or someone in your circle, or even more knowledge on how you can navigate the people you encounter daily. Hey, guys. So... Today is a little bit different here at the meetup. Um, I know that you guys are probably used to us getting on every time and just being super bubbly and excited, but today is a little different. Um, I'm sure that you all are aware of the recent killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey, and just the weeks that have, well, not the weeks, the last week that we have all endured has just been, you know, a lot from the trauma to the protesting to just everything up an abundance of emotions so basically what we wanted to do today is kind of just open up the floor for a discussion for um our three guests that we have coming on in a few to discuss you know their initial responses their actions um their perspectives concerning everything Yes. And so we have three guests here today. Um, Like Cameron said, they're just going to be giving their opinions, giving their experiences during the protests because they actually were protesting last week and then during the weekend. Um, And we want to make sure that we remember that at the meetup, we meet up to have open dialogue about the things that are going on in our life, the things that are going on in this world. And we all have different ways of thinking, different ways of going about solving the issues that are plaguing our communities. Um, And it's okay to agree to disagree. And if you disagree, feel free to share that. We'd love to hear your perspectives as well. Um, But again, you know, we're just really interested to hear just some of the perspectives that are going on in the community. Exactly. And so basically, that's what you guys are about to hear. So without further ado, here are our guests. Hi, my name is Larry um, from Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, You know, just glad to be here. Uh, Cam asked me to join this podcast, you know, just talk about like my experience uh, playing one of the protests that happened in Silver Spring. Um, well, the Silver Spring area, we had made a five-mile march from the rec center in our city um, all the way through the, a major highway that runs through uh, and got all the way to the police station. And we talked about, like, different, like, different, like, things that we were, like, concerned about there with the cops in attendance. And um, it was actually, like, a very big thing, a lot bigger than we expected because it really started just as, like, an idea that like one of my friends was just like, yo, we should do a protest. Like, because we went to the DC protest like for two, three times. And then we're just like, all right, well, we live in the suburbs I like of the DMV. So let's try to do one out there to like, you know, get people like more aware in our areas. Cause like we can go to DC all we want, but then like our community should be first. Right, taking protests into the suburbs. And it started all from a group chat, so that's super dope. But next we have Stephanie. Hi, everybody. My name is Stephanie. I'm a recent alum from University of Maryland. Um, But I've been a community organizer for about five years now. 
Last week, I raised over $3,000 to donate medical supplies to some of the uh, organizers out there like Freedom Fighters DC, Organized Black, and Peace House DC. Um, and I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for the invitation, Cass. Love that. Thanks, Stephanie. And next we have James. What's up? Um, I'm James. Um, an artist and a mental health practitioner. Uh, what I've been doing, I guess, for the last couple of weeks is I've been going out to D.C. Uh, I was out there on the front lines when, I guess, stuff got hectic. I got uh, tear gassed and ran over a couple times. And I've been going out for the last uh, couple of days and just been interviewing local uh, local police officers, uh, military officials, and FBI agents, actually, and trying to get answers and ways to progress in our positive direction that is awesome i just want to first off thank everybody for being here because i know you all have been going through so much like everything you've done last week i know it's got to be spiritually emotionally and just like physically draining i know stephanie i saw your ankle on social media it was all swollen i'm sorry girl we love you. We appreciate you. My body is not made for six mile walks. <laughs> Girl, mine isn't either. We love you. We appreciate you. But just first off, I want to start out with like, how are you all feeling? This spiritually, emotionally, how are you feeling right now? I'll chop on that. Uh, it's 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 exhausting. It's and this is probably my first protest. Like I've been like full on. It is exhausting, but I'm not going to make that an excuse for me not to keep going on No, We appreciate you being out there, too, on the front lines. Yeah, for sure. Stephanie, Larry? Um, I am 100% with James. Um, unfortunately, this is not my first time. Hopefully, this is our last time, though. Um, and that's kind of my motivator, that this is the end. Um, my kids won't go through this. My nephews won't go through this. My nieces won't go through this. But yeah, I think we're all exhausted, but there's an inner drive there because it, it's got to end now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, just to just echo their statements. Um, yeah, it's, I'm just mainly just tired, honestly. Um, just found myself a lot more tired than usual ever since the protest started. Um, this is probably like, like James said, this is probably like the main part, like, a protest of this magnitude that I've been a part of, because there's been protests at Syracuse, which I like, which I went to, and so, but like, there are none, none that were like at like this big, like, or to this scale that uh, we had like really done in Syracuse. Um, so, like, this was just like a an eye opener, um, and just exhausted from everything. Yeah. So we kind of want to just talk about, we know it's like super draining, super exhausting. Like the fact that we keep going through this as a people over and over again is just terrible. So we kind of just wanted to talk about you guys' personal experiences, which you personally have been experiencing the past few weeks. I know, Stephanie, you've been doing this for longer, but if you just wanted to talk about what you've been going through, what were your major takeaways? And also just like the process of getting people to donate and how you kind of jump back into that. Awesome. Um, so I can just start with telling you guys how last week happened because I hadn't even prepared for this. Um, so I decided, um, I was actually taking a nap. I woke up, got on Twitter and BLM DC posted that they wanted to 
uh, do a supplies drop off at a Lutheran church. So I get up and I'm like, all right, honey, I'm going to the store. We got $20 and I'm just going to buy $20 worth of water and whatever and go drop it off. And so that's what I did. And I posted it on Facebook. I posted a picture of the BLM supply run, what I went to go do. And I just said, I plan on doing this throughout the week. Let me know if you want me to pick up any supplies that you have. Then <laughs> my friends and my families and the organizers that I was working with in California started sending me money. Um, mm -hmm. I ended up getting $300 the first day that then became a thousand plus dollars the next day by mm -hmm. Friday. And this was on Monday by Friday, I had raised over $3,000. I had purchased over a thousand five hundred dollars worth of supplies. I had made over 20 protest kits. And uh, by the end of the weekend, we handed out over 40 first aid kits uh, to the organizers I mentioned beforehand. So it kind of just happened. Wow. That's amazing. Was it like yeah. more of an outpouring of friends or like, was this just random people that you didn't even know? These were friends and family that trusted me. Um, I think it's because I had done it before that I got so much money so quickly. Like they had known that if someone was actually about it, that they could give their money to and trust, that they could trust mm -hmm. me. And when people were looking for safe places to donate, they encouraged their friends and family to donate to me because they knew me. I definitely, that's exactly why I was donating so much to you. Cause I was like, oh wait, that's my girl. I know exactly, she's been here before, let's do it. I know exactly where this is gonna go. And I think that sometimes that couldn't be a deterrent for people is I, I wanna donate, but I don't know whose link this is. And unfortunately there are people on the internet who are taking advantage of this situation and just putting out fraudulent links and people are sending their money. And so that's unfortunate, but yes. Thank you so much for doing that and opening up that platform. Yeah. And on top of that, like sometimes it's so overwhelming with the different amount of links that you can contribute to all the different organizations. Like I know recently I've seen on Twitter, like people are creating threads of organizations that no longer need as much funding because they've been over donated mm -hmm. to, which is a great thing. But like, you know, it can get overwhelming. So thank you, Stephanie, for what you're doing. Um, for sure. Larry. And then also, there we go, Larry. <laughs> right. just, I know you kind of were explaining a little bit at the beginning about, you know, how you all started the process. But if you could just explain a little bit more about why you chose to go exactly where you went and just give more in depth in that. Um, I was literally just in D.C., not this past Saturday, but the Saturday beforehand. Um, and I was there for a picnic, nonetheless. And I saw the protests happening and my friends who I went to the picnic with weren't trying to go, but I wanted to go and see like how, like what they were doing and talk to some of the organizers. And like, I got a chance to hear like some of them speak. And so that's what drove me to go back out to DC the next day. And then seeing like how, like they were, uh, how like the progress, that was like, no, I'll consider it progress that they made in DC that's uh, that Sunday, um, how like right in Lafayette Square, it was, uh, I was like, I really like, like the direction this is going in. And then, like, I was with uh, two of my other friends who were in the group chat. Um, and that night, we had saw, like, it got hectic in D.C. Like, we were in the middle of it. Um, I got, like, two guys didn't come right in front of me. I thought I was good. But then it kind of, like, traveled, like, up the street, like, up 8th Street and got into my mm -hmm. eyes. And then, like, that's, like, when everything starts to, like, go get out of control in D.C. And then that night, one of my friends, like, literally in the middle of the night was just like, yo, we should do a protest in, like, in what's it called in uh in Burnsville and go to the police station because there's really only one police station in like 
a pretty big radius from here. The one near my house closed down recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just like, we wanted to go down there because there's been like an issue like even during this quarantine where uh, a black man was like killed by a police officer. Um, in Burtonsville. In, uh, in, in, like in like Silver Spring, like White Oak area. And that's mm-hmm. like where the police station was. Uh-huh. So um, we felt like we should like at least like go there to like get our talks about like what's been going on and to like them how we feel. And it's kind of just came to, I did it through a group chat. Then we made the flyer in suit like in a day. We sent the flyer out. Like we posted a flyer out the day after. And this was like three days before we were starting. So we we're just like, we're probably going to get our friends to come in and whatnot. But literally as soon as it was posted, a bunch of people kept on DMing us like, yo, how can I help? Um, we want to like donate like supplies and everything. And then someone was just like, oh, post it to the Facebook group uh, for the city. And they're just, and then after that, like a bunch of people were just like, oh yeah, we're going to come donate supplies. We're going to come march with y'all. And so we expect like a hundred, 200 people. Cause like Burns was not that big of a city. And so we were yeah. like a hundred, 200 people, but like come Saturday when the march was happening, we got an overplus, like an over like amount of supplies, 500 people showed up. A bunch oh, of people made wow. like, cash donations. And then, uh, like, we had too many supplies that we could even use. Like, we ended up taking, like, 12 bins of, like, uh, water, drinks, snacks, and all that. And we ended up donating it to um, a church's food pantry, like, uh, around the corner. Because oh, wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Because we had no, like, use for it. Um, but then, like, seeing that, we were just, like, even, like, now, we are just, like, yo, how can we keep on going forward? Like, what other events can we do for the city? Because... Even, like, after that, there was a bunch of, like, racist comments made on our posts, like, of people posting pictures mm-hmm. of the event. And so it just showed that we really needed this process in the city to, like, you know, get the word out or at least, like, get, right. like, exposed like, who in this, like, community is, like, really for the community. Yeah. I just want to thank you, Larry, for that, because I live in Silver Spring. And so I've, I know I grew up in PG County, but I didn't even realize what Silver Spring was really like until I started walking around here and as diverse as it must, as it, it looks, very you know, and it, as, as diverse as it is, there's still so much racism in Silver Spring. Yeah. And it's crazy because of what it looks like. So I just want to thank you for doing that because I just, I saw it on social media actually, and I didn't even know that it was started by you. So just shout out to you. Kudos. That's pretty dope. Thank yeah, you. that is so dope. And it is so important to expose people. I mean, honestly, like, you've been in this neighborhood, in this city for so long, like you grew up here basically and didn't even know that people in your own city would act like that over you creating a protest, which is sick. And just the importance of starting locally too. Because sometimes I feel like we always want to go to like our major cities, but you were like, okay, I see what they're doing in this major city, but let me bring it local to my area to make sure that this message is getting out around me. So that's pretty amazing. And acting on it, we appreciate you. James, if you could just share. Okay. Uh, so, unlike everybody else, I didn't go with a group. I kind of just did it solo on my own. So, uh, I originally went out to uh, D.C. on that Monday to kind of paint, I guess, the scene of what's happening. Uh, so, this was the Monday protest. right after right after it was right after everything kind of like the riots kind of happened uh whatever that building was they got set on fire uh it was that it was the day after so i went out there kind of bright and early stayed out there i got right on the front line where the gate was where um 
the White House is in Lafayette Plaza, mm-hmm. well, now Black Lives Matter Plaza. But um, I started paying. Uh, they kind of charged us a couple times, but it didn't seem like they were gonna do anything. Well, what were you? But then we were you painting? Hmm? Like, what were you painting? I was uh, I was painting actually George Floyd. I uh, mm. actually gave the picture away once I finished, uh, and I started uh, painting a whole different picture. I started painting what I saw, but that kind of went left after we got kind of got closed in from both sides. So we was in front, we had police on the side and on the, on the other side, and they kind of boxed us in, and they started all simultaneously started rushing everybody with flashbangs, uh, mm. tear gas, rubber bullets. A lot of people got hit. Uh, I got knocked over myself. Uh, I think I got interviewed a couple of times by CBS and the Washington Post. Yeah. What was I guess they saw like me. before the police started rushing you guys? Like was it was completely peaceful before uh, before the they started rushing us. It was completely peaceful. It was the same chance people uh, voicing their opinion, but it was completely peaceful. And I guess the more they antagonized, like they were going to start taking action is when it started to slowly turn like it was about to go left. Anytime it would, it would be on their part. And then it went fully left when you hear flashbangs going in the distance and you see people running, but you don't see what's happening because it's too far until it's right in front of us and then we get knocked over That's so crazy and like what were your emotions in that moment like i can't even imagine ah uh, it was it was a it's a lot of mixed emotions I'll, I'll definitely say that at first it was a sense of pride a sense of uh enjoyment and endearment because i'm around a bunch of people black white asian the the number of colors out there is is great and once you start seeing the the bangs and the the everything's could the commotion kind of happen you, it, it makes you nervous it makes you scared for your own safety it makes you uh nervous but for me it made me uh scared and prideful because i saw them coming and i chose to actually walk towards them and i got on my knee uh, a bunch of people beside me did the same thing and then we got rushed so oh wow uh it, it's a lot it definitely take, takes a lot to to stand out there because it wasn't like I got knocked over and that was the end of it. It was I got over. I got knocked over. Somebody came and picked me back up, brought me back on our side, and then same thing. I'm gonna dust myself off for until I can get the tear gas kind of out of my face and do the same thing. And I stayed out there till maybe. I want to say ten, eleven o'clock, doing the same thing. I think they stopped like the actual physical part as far as the police around like nine so it was like from six to nine it's just non-stop tear gas flashbangs police running people over and after all of that surprisingly i still had the energy to go pick up trash after everything was kind of over i kind of posted it but that didn't happen but uh i was a uh, the only person out there because it was like the streets was riddled with water bottles, uh, uh, supplies that people had bought in from days before or the day of. And some people were using those as like means of weapons. Some people were using that as uh, just for energy and what they needed for themselves. But most likely all the trash cans that were out there were completely full to the point where you obviously can't put any more trash in there anymore. 
or they were closed off. So I had my own little trash bag. I found one actually, and I started picking up trash from like 10 to 11, 30, something like that. But yeah. I also, I also want to touch on, cause I know on your social media, you were um, talking about how you were interviewing police officers and just going up to people and speaking to them. What made you want to go out of your way and speak to people, speak to officers, speak to people in the National Guard? What made you want to do that? Oh, okay. So the first day when I got hit with tear gas, like after a while, I kind of recuperated myself and I started asking questions. Like after they had stopped like physically like attacking us, I started asking questions. I actually just was telling them that I get what they they have to do. Most people don't want to be out there. Most of the officers don't want to be out there. They're having to be out there. So I wanted to kind of get in their heads. I did the same thing uh, that next day, and I got to interview a military army uh, commander, a FBI agent from Connecticut, and and a lot of people from the National Guard. And I just wanted to get there. I basically just went out there to get their insight because I'm a mental health practitioner. So I feel like what happened to George Floyd, at least the officer, that was a sense of you don't see that per- that person as a human anymore. So that's a mental that's a mental case in, in its own set standpoint. And I'm trying to figure out what's the mental case, like what's the mental uh, uh, clearing or screening when you're trying to be a police officer and I learned a lot of people, at least a lot of people on the force are former army, uh, military, and they've probably just now gotten out of being out of the military from maybe a couple months, couple years, and they're going right in from cross seas where you bound to see endless things happening that we can't even think about to now you're serving our streets and I'm pretty sure you can, you're going to end up bringing the same stuff you saw out there to your own home city or your own hometown. And things cause to lead to one thing to another, apparently. Yeah. You actually make a really good point because um, I forget who it was. I know it was a Congressman. What's his name? I think it was Congressman Hakeem Jeffries who said police officers today um, have a poor mentality instead of a guardian mentality like they're think they think they're at war and they're they're supposed to be protecting and serving but they're treating it like this is a war this isn't a war you're supposed to be protecting and serving the communities and you can if you go out there like when i went out there i could tell who who felt like that just based on because i'm asking like simple i tried to keep us straight away from the, the typical questions that people are going off, like, do you feel like George Floyd was, what happened is justifiable? Do you, what, what have you done? I tried to stay away from that and more so kind of work it around like the mental, like, do you think that person has a mental state? And the ones that answered, I could clearly kind of tell, like, cause we would have conversations for hours. The ones that answered were clearly like, they see that's wrong, they would have stepped in. They'd have done something else. Or when I talked to another official, he was like, once you have him in handcuffs, the situation is controlled. You don't need to do anything else besides wait. Wait to either get him in the car or wait for backup. But others, you can kind of tell they wouldn't answer my questions or they wouldn't even 
they would they would hear me because I would see the other people would say answer my questions and there'd be one or two that just wouldn't even acknowledge me. Yeah. Um, so Stephanie, um, I know you you spoke about the you know the donation aspect, but if you could just speak a little bit more about you know your past protesting experience versus what you're seeing today and your protesting experience from this weekend. Um, that's a great question. The protesting I see today, um, it excites me because I feel like it's burst out of the protests that happened five years ago. Um, we saw what happened with Mike Brown. We saw how people responded. Um, at that time, I was going to conservative Christian white uh, university in Southern California. Um, and we saw our fellow students rip down our uh, memorial and throw it in the trash, because um, that's how they felt about us being saddened by Mike Brown's community killing. And by us, I mean the Black community. Um, and so that was my first mm -hmm. go around, right? And now I'm walking in streets alongside white people who are screaming Black Lives Matter, when five years ago, every discussion I had um, was trying to get people to understand why that wasn't offensive. Um, so it's exciting because there's progress, but it's saddening because it took five years for people to get Black Lives Matter. Um, five years ago, we were talking about defunding police. We just couldn't say that on a broad platform in this way. So it's exciting, it's disheartening, it's encouraging, um, but it's definitely a birth of what was happening. Not everyone saw all of this under, because a lot of it was under the scenes. It was organizers talking in rooms about what policies they were pushing for. Um, but I see this as a continuation of that and hopefully a realization of five plus years of work. Yeah, and just kind of going off of that, I want to open this question up to all of you guys. Like, what do you guys want to see come out of this? Like, what are the major things, the major actions that you want to see come out of your protesting? Because all of you have obviously been on the front lines. All of you have had conversations with various officials. But what tangible actions do you want to see? Uh, I'll open up. Um, mainly... The whole defunding the police thing is kind of where I want like things to start at because I didn't really know how much money the police like forces gotten until like I actually did my research this protest. Like in Montgomery County alone, like they give the police officers three almost three hundred million dollars every fiscal year, and <laughs> there's no reason for that at all. Like almost like eighty five percent of it is for their wages, and then the other fifty percent is for like grants. So. Mm -hmm. It, it just makes no sense what you're using $300 million for it. And it took, and they literally, like they delayed like rebuilding the high schools here for like 10 years. Like Paint Branch High School, like where I went to, didn't get rebuilt until 2012. And they had that building since like inception. Like they added one wing to the high school the entire time ever since it was originally built. And like just seeing all that money being used just for the police and whatnot um, is just ridiculous, honestly. Um, and also, I want to see, I don't know how tangible this would be, but like, I want to see like a decrease in the amount of like police numbers, because in cases like where like, where like the protests were happening, like in DC and whatnot, like James was saying, when like police weren't like inciting like the violence and whatnot, nothing was happening. 
like at all. If they didn't do anything, nothing would happen at all. And even Minneapolis said it like they like once police stop, like, you know, like, like produce their presence around the riots and everything. The riots literally just went quiet. Like people were just like, all right, we're going to be peacefully protesting. And just, that just comes to show that the police really were like the insiders. And I saw that on like that Sunday, because before even like the t- flashbangs and the tear gas came out, the police were just quickly like quick to temper. Like they're like, like short fuses, like immediately. Like, and it was even like, it was a black officer too that I saw like in someone else's face, like he was about to fight someone. And I was just like, aren't you, you're the cop in the situation, just back off. Like you're like your superiors are telling you, come on, we're going back to the car. So why are you still here trying to argue with like, with people outside? Like, we're going to yell because we're angry. Like, I don't see why you could be angry as a cop. So like, I just feel like the sheer numbers that they have and the money that they're getting is just out of line, especially with like how the police force kind of originated. Yeah. Um, I, if I could just tap onto that, because I think Larry made some good points. Um, we want to see defunding of the police, but we want to see that alongside a reinvestment in our communities, right? Um, we, I've realized as I've researched and learned and done this work for the last five years that the police are at the center of a lot of the issues we face in the Black community. Um, the segregation of our communities, police and schools lead to the school to prison pipeline, the war on drugs, all of these efforts are the amount of black people in our criminal justice system. The new Jim Crow is maintained by police presence in our inner cities and in our black communities. When you're driving around in Montgomery County, you don't see, especially if you're in Bethesda, you don't see Bethesda cops outside of targets and swords. You don't see that. So why do we need a hyper-police presence in Black areas? We don't. So when people question defunding the police, what we're asking for is the same police presence that exists in the white communities, where they protect themselves, keep themselves safe, hold themselves accountable, and have resources in their schools, and have grocery stores. We're not asking for much. We just want equality. And I think defunding the police, as Larry said, is the first step. And I think that makes so much sense. I really thank you for clarifying that because I feel like so many people, if they're not educated, if they don't have the background that you have, not not educated, but not educated on this topic and they don't have the they don't have the background that you have, they're like defunding the police. Like that sounds so radical. Like I'm just not sure about that. But thank you for like really clearing that up that it's defunding to reinvest in our communities and we want equality. Exactly. It's a long-term game plan. Um, it's not to take all the money away right now, but hopefully eventually we create a society where we don't need police. And we definitely should have a society where we don't need a militarized police force. Um, yeah, just like with a society where we don't need police, that's what's kind of like tapping into as well. Is like originally the police force wasn't there before they realized that Black communities were being formed. Like mm-hmm. the, the, police, the, the police force kind of originated from slave patrols. And so the slave patrols were used to hold up, like make sure the slaves weren't doing anything they didn't want them to do. And so once they were no more slaves, they were just like, all right, but we still need to keep an eye on the black people. So just let's make a police force and keep them in the black neighborhoods. So that right there should be like easy enough to know that the white people were doing just fine without police. So they can't be the main ones defending them because they didn't need them beforehand. Uh, To piggyback off what Larry's saying, so... What I, what I feel like I would want to happen or what I want to kind of kind of push forward is the mental health cases because there's something I've always seen in every single one of these cases that uh, uh, has unfortunate of a black man or a black person uh, dying has a similar case of a white or 
some kind of police officer that has past uh, allegations against him of what he's done in the past. Like he's had multiple, he's had a problem with multiple pulling over somebody for little to no reason. So the same thing happened with uh, whatever the officer's name with George Floyd. He had multiple uh, occasions where he's had similar problems in the past. So my thing is uh, I learned the mental, uh, the mental health screening for uh, officers is non-existent. They do it in the beginning. And from what, if I'm quoting the, what the officer said, it's basically, you won't, you will not not fit. You won't not pass it unless you clearly have serious, serious mental problems to the point where you don't even need to be walking into this building. So unless we get them on a area where we can scan and screen these officers frequently to see how they're doing, to uh, check in, to see if this is affecting them uh, or how they are on a day-to-day or a month-to-month or whatever kind of basis, there's no sense of knowing when this person is going to pop off, if he's already popped off or if this person does not need to be holding a gun, like if you're from the eighties and the nineties, you like, if you're a police officer from the eighties, the nineties or seventies, personally, I don't feel like you need to be holding a gun. And now you're in the millennial area and you're still holding those titles and those standpoints as to what you're doing now. Um, I think that's a great point. And I think that's why we have to defund it. I don't, I don't think there's a way to reform what exists right now. Um, it is so corrupt. Even if we tried to implement new policies, we'd be fighting against the police unions who want to keep things the same. Um, and that's where the movement has been over the last five years. We saw this big push for body cams. And then we saw years, five years worth of body cam footage of black and brown people getting killed burned on the pavement, shot, and we still saw police officers not convicted. Um, Fighting for these reforms that still keep the power in the hands of the police do not affect society, do not affect our society positively. We have to get, as Larry was saying, less police on the street. But that means that we need to have resources for police officers who need new jobs. We need to have mental health care for our black bodies who have been traumatized for years. I'm sorry, James, when you talked about picking up trash after being brutalized, I just thought that's so much trauma. You were just traumatized and you were in a state of shock and you just wanted to clean up this mess. And that is a shame that black bodies are still cleaning up the mess of our brutalized bodies. Um, I could go on, so I'm just going to stop there. I mean, you could go on. on. (laughs) You could go on. Um, No, I just think it's time. It's time, man. It's time. And I know um, you kind of touched on this, Stephanie, and um, James, you touched on this as well, just talking about how something just feels different. And I keep hearing people say something feels different. And though this has been going on for so many generations over generations does something actually I mean Larry let us know if this feels different for you if everybody can kind of touch on if this feels different and if specifically what feels different I would say 100% it feels different um because me personally I'm very like critical about a lot of things about how like steps people are taking in like certain protests and whatnot um I feel like Cam I've shared my sentiments with Cam about certain protests that happened at Syracuse 
where I feel like they weren't taking the, the steps in the right direction. They kept on doing the same things, trying to expect different results. Um, and so like whenever like certain things like that happen, I'm always quick to be like, I don't know if I can support if we're not gonna like try something different this time, seeing that when you're doing the same thing and you're not getting the results you need, they're just gonna keep on trying to give like small band-aids here and there. They try to like to heal your wounds, but your wounds not gonna get healed by a band-aid. So you gotta like, you know, try to ask in a different way, which is why I wasn't a hundred percent like I wasn't against the looting at all. I feel like the looting was kind of the reason why people's eyes were open. Like if looting didn't happen, people would just have been like, oh, they're just over there yelling on the streets like they usually are and whatnot. So there's nothing to worry about. But then as soon as they realize, oh, dang, you know, we kind of can't let them, you know, damage all the stuff around us. So we kind of have to step in and do something. And then when they try to step in and they couldn't do anything and the Minneapolis police station got burned down, then like they were just out of luck. And so it kind of just showed that, you know, we were pushing a change and now the Minneapolis police department is shutting down. Like, so that's like, like stuff like that, people realizing that there are other like other avenues and taking those other steps in other avenues to like achieve their goals and whatnot. Like I just really like enjoy like, you know, how we're realizing there's different ways outside of just like, you know, going on the streets and saying, Oh yeah, I did my part. That's all I gotta do and whatnot. And realizing that we have the numbers here. Like if someone goes to jail for like, you know, for the looting or anything, or like, you know, or being out past curfew and stuff like that, we made the bail funds to try to help them out because we realized, okay, yeah, we, we can get them back out if need be. And so, like, and then keep on going forward and whatnot. It's like, and the curfews, it's, I know, like, the curfew that Sunday was really scary because they kind of like jammed like, like, like cell phone signals like out of the city that Sunday night. And that like kept a lot of information being kept from there. I heard like that five people like just went missing like in the city on Sunday night. And I don't know if they found them yet or not, but like, sacrifices you know kind of happen in certain process but i feel like before now a lot of people weren't willing to make a sacrifice like, a lot of people weren't willing to go into harm's way a lot of people were just like oh it's getting like kind of dangerous out here but like it's been dangerous it's dangerous just living as a black person in america so what's a little more what's what's a little more dangerous to try to right the wrong instead of just sitting back in danger and not trying to write anything at all because either way you can get shot walking to your home you can get shot driving to the store you can get shot yeah. doing whatever or get choked out on the street, like that's more fun. No, it's it's really terrible. And I know that um, you guys were talking about a lot of the tangible um, outcomes, you know, regarding police, but we've had freaking neighborhood watch and freaking, you know, just racist neighbors and crazy people just coming out and attacking us. So us, when I say us black people, obviously, but what do you guys think about that? Like, what can we do? What tangible change can be? you know, for that. I think the last few protests have shown people what you can do. Um, we saw what happened to the guy with the machete at that protest. Um, there was a guy with a machete who was attacking young black protesters and he was beat up at that protest. And um, that's what happened. There was a guy who thought he was Green Arrow and brought a bow and arrow to a protest and started trying to shoot protesters. He also um, no longer could shoot that bow and arrow. So what we're saying is no more. Um, there was a video I saw today where a white woman was yelling at a Latino woman asking her where she was born from, where she was born, and if she was born in the U.S. in a gas station. Um, and th she grabbed the Latina woman's arm and told her she needed to leave the store. And she smacked her across her face so hard. That um, woman 
turned around and left the grocery. She left the gas station after that. So um, I think the message is clear that right now is not the time um, that we're not going to hurt you, but we will no longer be abused. Um, I'm not going to stand by and idly watch you attack my brother no, no longer. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think that also stands to, I guess, why you guys are saying, you know, it's different now. Like, it is clearly different. So I just want to thank you guys so much for coming on, for speaking with us and like yes, sharing thank your knowledge. You. It's been such a powerful conversation. So I just want to say thank you again. So obviously we spoke a lot about protesting and that being a form of contributing to the movement, but we definitely want to get into different ways that you can contribute, even if you're not protesting. Um, There's so many ways, so many ways that you can contribute and use your voice and help out the movement. Exactly. Whether it's donating. Um, I know a lot of people have probably seen on social media different bail funds. Um, I know there was uh, for George Floyd's. Um, like GoFundMe's for funeral costs and things exactly. like that. There's so many different ways to donate. You could sign petitions for a number of different things. Um, voting, which if you lived in the DMV like we do, we've just voted for the primaries on, what was that, Tuesday? Yes, y'all, it's so important. And I know like during COVID, you know, if you aren't able to get out to the polls because, you know, it's COVID, I understand. But really advocating for yourself and trying to get that absentee ballot if you can or, you know, showing up in any way possible, because that's where the real change is going to happen. You know, we're out here protesting, but the real action that we want to see is laws being changed. You know what I'm saying? So voting is really, really an super important way to do your part. And if I'm being honest, it wasn't until I started looking at the different candidates in my area. So it wasn't even just the presidential election. I had to actually take a look and say, I'm not just going to pick anybody on this ballot. I want to know who I'm voting for and having to do the research. research. Yes. 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 The research on my own about, okay, who are these candidates? What what are these positions? What do they even do? Which that's my own ignorance, but I had to take the time to educate myself and through educating myself, learn some of the issues that are happening in my area specifically that I had no idea about. So voting and just being knowledgeable about what's happening on a local level will just open your mind up. Exactly. And so important. And even, um, we heard it when, you know, Larry was talking about the specifics in Montgomery County and what he what he learned through his process of protesting and setting up the protests, just things about police officers. But there's so much more information that we could get just about education. Where are the funds going? Yeah. And where should they be going? Yeah, and that's what your local officials are controlling. Your local officials have that power. They're the ones who are setting budgets. They're the ones who are allocating money. They're the ones who are controlling everything in your cities, in your communities. So definitely use your, you know, your right. Like this is your right to vote. So use that right to to make your communities better and to benefit yourselves. And if you're a if you're a black person, if you're a woman, this right was fought for. Okay, your ancestors fought for this right. There were people before you who, through blood, sweat, 
tears and pain fought for this right. So it is our obligation. It is our duty to make sure that we utilize that. Right. And we're saying research, y'all, but like, it's really, it doesn't have to be that hard. You know what I mean? Like these, a lot of these petitions, they got Twitter accounts, you know, they have Instagram pages with blurbs expressing what their cares, like what they care about, what they want to do. So it doesn't have to be labor intensive, you know, like you could just work it into your own, your own personal schedule. Like if you're on Twitter, follow one of the candidates, you know, see what they're talking about and do it that way. Exactly. And if I'm correct, I believe, is it vote 411? Yeah, vote411.org is actually um, a resource that you can use that has voter guides and just information about um, how to register vote if you're not registered to vote. Um, The presidential voter guides, the local voter guides, please, whatever resources you can find. I know my area specifically had a voter guide for the local election. So just Google it. They're out there. You can find them. Um, But on another, just another note, another way to contribute is obviously the main way that we've been seeing is through social media. And I know that that can be difficult because there are so many painful images on Mm -hmm. social media. There are so many exhausting conversations on social media. But if you can't think of any way else to contribute that is a way to to post on social media and to spread awareness um, information that people can that that's helpful I saw over the weekend people were posting what to bring to protests what supplies are needed I know a lot of organizations are reaching out to people on social media saying what supplies they need mm-hmm. and even even on social media like like Cassie said it can be exhausting but, um, you know, you don't have to get on there and scroll and scroll and scroll and take in everything. Like if you just get on and do one post, you know, sending information for bail funds or like sharing information for um, where people can register to vote or sharing information for when elections are happening in your county, your city, you know, things like that. You could just make it a one minute thing a day, you know, create the post and log out for the day. And you've done your part. You don't have to continuously take in all the information if it makes you feel uncomfortable. But that is one way of contributing. Exactly. And I know some people aren't comfortable with protesting. Maybe it brings them a lot of anxiety or, you know, maybe that's just not their ministry. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody can contribute in some way. Maybe you can help a friend make a poster. I know that's what I did. I helped a friend of mine make a poster or you can provide supplies, um, supplies for your friends. Kits, snacks as Larry and James and Stephanie were all talking about earlier, like just doing your part in that way. If you can't, you know, show up physically, that's fine. You can always contribute monetarily and that helps as well because as As Larry even said, they ended up having so much supplies that they donated it to a local church. So you just never know how you can be impactful in these situations. Um, Another really important way, I think, personally, I've been taking this to heart lately is to buy black, like support black owned businesses. I mean, me personally, like I've always supported, you know, my doctor is black or like my gynecologist, that might be TMI, but she's black. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like my dermatologist is black. Like, you know, but also it's important to support like, you know, your black fashion designers, your black 
you know, whatever black people are doing in your community, support that, support their restaurants, yes. support their art businesses, support, 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 because the black dollar holds so much value. Like why not pour that back into our community? And I think that is really something huge that you can take out of this time. Like, really support black owned businesses. And and to your point, I noticed there was some there was it was really controversial on social media about a particular and I'm not gonna go into detail about it. If you saw it, then you saw it, but a particular um beauty supply that I know a lot a lot of a lot of women go to this beauty supply. I myself had a rewards card at this beauty supply that is now that going to my beauty supply of choice. That was mine as well. Not anymore. It's not that rewards card is going to the trash, mm-hmm. but I was really excited to see circulating around social media, black owned beauty supplies, which mm-hmm. will now be receiving my coin. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's I mean, unacceptable. It is sad that like, this has to be the time where we're finally like, you know, get our black businesses um, some love, like show them some support. But it really is really important to just support the community and to give back to those business owners because, you know, I even saw a statistic like, you know, black women are some of the most educated in America, but paid the least. You know what I'm saying? So even if we could just pour back into our black women, pour back into our black men by supporting their business, buying a T-shirt or, you know, patronizing their restaurant or like going to their barbershops, their nail salons, whatever. It's important and it matters. And also another um, situation that I saw actually happen in... I think it was in Middle River. I'm not going to say, again, not naming the places, but it was a a crab house that is predominantly supported by Black people, but is owned by a white person who was seen saying really, really racist things. I think it was the owners, the, the family members of the owners. People found out that they were saying racist things on social media and actually went to the craft house and confronted them. Mm. And I respect it. And then moreover, a lot of people are saying, well, there are black owned craft houses. Well, then we will take our money there. Then right. we will take our a- funds there. And that's so important. Like boycotting is such an effective way to get to get people to see that you're serious. You know what I mean? Because people don't like when you take your money back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they're serious about their money. And as soon as we take it away and let them know, no, we're not buying from your racist places. You know, we're not giving our um, we're not giving our money to that. We're not doing that anymore. So that's a huge way y'all can contribute. Exactly. And I think I think that's just a way of educating yourself. We have to I mean, social media is definitely a lot, but it's letting us know it's putting people on blast if we're being real. And I have a long list of places that will no longer be receiving my business. And it's, it's about educating yourself in any way that you know how we have to have to have to educate ourselves about what's going on in this country, in our community, locally. Yeah. And even when you just get on Twitter, there's so many resources. Like I've have so many threads personally bookmarked for my, for me to go back to, you know, threads of books that you can read, documentaries that you can watch, you know, Google is your best friend. Like if y'all are unclear on something that's going on, like even today, I don't know how many people might have also been, um, you're not, you know, not well informed on defunding the police. Like 
Stephanie gave us some great knowledge today for those who may not have known. So, you know, follow activists, follow influencers, follow people who know what they're talking about. Read for yourself. Don't just take somebody else's word for it, you know, and educate those who might not know at the moment. You know what I mean? Like if your friends or your family members haven't seen the same things that you've seen, share with them, tell them, encourage them to Google for themselves as well. There are so many different ways to educate ourselves and we should just utilize them. And also so many ways to protest, right? So we talked about all these different ways that you can donate, all these different ways that you can contribute. But also it's really important to know that no one way is right versus another way, right? So like, like we said, being out on the front lines might not be your ministry and that's okay. You might choose to educate people by posting something that's informational. While I have seen a lot of these trends on social media where like someone will post, you know, the black square and like think that that's all they have to do. No, what I'm encouraging, well, what I think Kessie and I are both encouraging is posting that has useful information. You know what I mean? Like you can post your black square in solidarity, but then also have a swipe side that shows people where you can vote or shows people, you know, some black owned businesses that they can shop at. Like that's important too. And everybody is going to contribute in their own way. So if we could try to have, you know, you know. Yes. And and like Cameron said, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have, if you don't know fully what you're talking about, it's okay to not say it. And actually, I encourage you to then not say it unless you have the full amount of information. However, you can go, when you post that, that, black, that black square on Instagram, it will informative topics. If you're talking about supplies, if you're talking about voting, but don't Drew Brees it, don't Terry Crews it. No, don't you come out here it. sideways. If you really don't know, you might want to Kanye West it. You know, we haven't heard from him and people have been really happy about that because, you know, he had been saying some out of the way stuff. But he's doing his part, you know, as he can, donating and stuff. And I think that, you know, stay Stay in your lane. Pick, Stay, find like, your I lane. I was really trying to be a little bit more cooth, but you know. But we all have a it lane. Is what it is. It we is all what have it is. a lane. We all have things that we're good at. We all have things that make sense to us. Mm-hmm. And we can all contribute in those particular ways. Like yeah. you said, okay, maybe maybe you don't have money to donate. That's fine. Sign a petition. That's contribution. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't fully understand, but sit down at the table with your family member and say, and check that person check that family member who says that thing that's racist instead of sitting there over peas and pie and just saying oh there goes uncle again just being crazy no that is a form of contribution yeah it definitely is and so just to wrap it up basically um encourage the conversation that is on message you know guys like right now we're talking about black lives matter and black lives matter you know what i mean like that is the mission. That is the focus. Black people are being killed. Period. You know? Stop like, killing period. black people. That's Stop the message. Killing, that is the message. Stop killing black people. Black lives matter. That's what I'm period. saying. Black lives matter. Period. Follow us on IG at the meetup.pod. That's T-H-E-M-E-E-T-U-P dot P-O-D. As well as Twitter. Same thing. Twitter. Twitter. Because we just got a Twitter. We, we got to get that updated. So, you know, give us time, but still follow us um, or email us at the meetup.pod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your opinions. We want to hear your stories, your, you know, your experiences. We want to know all of that. Even if you don't agree with us, like, 
let us know. So. Exactly. And please, if you have any information about different organizations or different resources that people can look to to find out how they can contribute, um, whether it be through protests or donations um, or signing petitions, please, please DM us, email us that information so that we can share it with um, our community. But that is all. Thanks for meeting up with us, guys. We love y'all. Yes, we love y'all. We love y'all. Bye. Bye.